And too often, yeah, we're following Jesus, but we don't look any different from the rest of the people. And that's not right. That's not how an exile lives. You are listening to the Hope Valley Podcast, a weekly production of Hope Valley Church in Winchester, Virginia, with your host, Pastor Sam Rogers. Well, hello, and welcome to Sunday Morning with Hope Valley Church. I'm Pastor Sam, the lead pastor here at Hope Valley, and today we are continuing in a series that we're calling Bible Threads. And what we've been doing in this series is really following these big ideas and themes that run through the Bible. And we're doing that first just to understand the story of the Bible better, but also to see how all the big ideas and themes in the scriptures really do lead us to Jesus and focus us really on him. And my hope in doing this is that we'll just understand really what all this means for the way that we live our lives, uh, the way that we relate to God, and the way that we act towards other people. And so the thread that we're going to pick up on today is this idea of the exile. And the exile is really the human condition, right? We feel out of place. And the reason that we feel out of place is like we talked about actually in the very first lesson of the series when we talk about heaven and earth and you know how God has always desired for uh, you know humanity to cohabitate with him. But because of our sin and our rebellion, it's created a relational separation between God and us. And, and actually this is affecting the entire world. And so that, that separation, we experience that as this feeling of exile. We feel out of place and we feel that way because we are that way. We are out of place. We're meant to be with God in his presence. It's what we were created to be. And so the story of the Bible really is about answering these two questions of the exile. The first question is, how did we end up here? And the second question is, is there any hope of going home? And it's really these two questions that the story of the Bible is constantly answering for us. And even as believers, you know, as we think about the exile, think about this. The moment that we begin to follow Christ, we don't just vanish and go home to be with him in his presence. We remain here in this exiled world, right? And so that raises some questions for how should I continue to live? I, I now belong, as we talked about last week, to the king. I belong to a new and better kingdom, and yet here I am still living in this world that's in exile. And so some of the questions that raises for us is, how should we do that? Well, first what we're going to see is that we're called to live in this world in such a way that keeps us separate from the world and so that we don't become defiled with the sin and the corruption that's there. And, you know, think all the way back to our lesson on holiness and and, and, and how we, uh, sin has this way of defiling us and, 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 uh, and corrupting us, right? And so we, we have to stay separate from the world and we don't want to go back into the sin of the world, but also we want to lead more people along with us to follow the king and one day return home and end the exile. And in the meantime, Right? What do we do? We create these little pockets of home, these little pockets of God's kingdom as believers gather together in, in unity and relationship 
and in God's mission and bringing more people into his kingdom, right? And so this is uh, some of the ideas that we're going to unpack today as we think about the exile. And so um, really what I want us to focus on, the big idea for today's message is that we have to live, as followers of Jesus, we have to live in this world as people that belong to a better one. And so what does that mean? How do we do that? We'll unpack those things as we go on. So let's, uh, let's look at how this thread really goes through the story of the Bible. Because first, we see the Bible really answering this question or addressing this question of how did we end up here, right? And when we're looking at that question, how did we end up in exile? Well, it starts all the way back in the Garden of Eden with, with Adam and Eve. And you see this in Genesis chapter 3, specifically verse 23 and 24. Right? Adam and Eve, what do they do? They reject God's authority. And as a result, they're exiled from his presence. They no longer get the benefit of being with him because they've rejected his authority. They've rejected his place in their life. And this leads to one sinful generation after another as things get worse and worse. And by the time you get to Genesis chapter 11, you see that humanity has kind of reached this peak of arrogance and, and corruption. And they're trying to basically make themselves God. They're actually trying to build a tower up into the heavens where God is, in their minds at least, right? And, and that story of the Tower of Babel becomes... Uh, this picture of the epitome of human arrogance and rebellion and sin and corruption, right? Uh, and Babel uh, grows into Babylon down the road in the story. And so we we'll want to remember that, right? Babel really is this precursor to Babylon. And so we see just in these opening 11 chapters of Genesis, this this uh, the story arc showing how humanity went into exile, and not just humanity, but really, we brought the whole world along with us as we did it. And then you know you fast forward several centuries, and then there's another really significant exile that happens in the story, and that is when Israel is exiled from their own land, right? And you see this in Second Chronicles chapter thirty-six, uh, verse fifteen through twenty-one. And after generations and generations of Israel just breaking their covenants with God, breaking their promises, being disobedient, um, you name it, finally God judges them and actually sends them into exile. What happens is Babylon, I told you that was coming back, Babylon attacks Judah, which is the seat of Jerusalem. And, you know, it's, where, it's where the throne is. Okay, Babylon attacks, destroys Jerusalem, and uh, they carry away the people of Judah and Israel, they carry away captive. And so now Israelites are actually in captivity in Babylon. Do you see that? You see that connection? And really, we're supposed to see that connection because what happens is that the Hebrew exile in Babylon throughout the rest of the story of the Bible really becomes a metaphor for the human condition of exile. And that metaphor is this, that in our effort to, you know, uh, reject God's authority and kind of do things our way, we don't become more free. We actually become more in bondage, right? We keep repeating a pattern of disobedience and corruption. And what that does is it just keeps leading us into these Babylons that we've created for ourselves. And so we see this repeat through the story of the Bible. And we really, we see it repeat in our own lives. And and so 
connecting these two major accounts of exile we see in the scriptures and how they connect with one another, we see this answer to the question, how did we end up here? How did we end up in exile? Well, we ended up in exile because of our disobedience, because of our arrogance, because of our sin. And so it separated us from God, it separated us from his presence, and it separated really our world from his presence because of it. And so our whole world is in exile. But then there's the second question. Is there any way of going home? Is there any hope of going home? And what we see is that Jesus comes and he, and he rescues people from all the Babylons that they've created, right? First, we see that Jesus actually enters our exile. This is why it's so significant. It's one of the multiple reasons why Jesus becoming human uh, for us and with us is so significant because humanity was in exile. And so Jesus comes and he enters into the exile with us. Look here at Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And Hebrews 2 verse 14 says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And again, that last part about him breaking the power of death is really significant. But we've already unpacked that in some earlier uh, lessons. So if you missed those, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. Um, so, so we see that Jesus comes and he, he enters our exile. And, and then Jesus taught that he was actually the way back home. He himself is our way out of exile and back into God's presence. Uh, in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said simply, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. He's talking about our exile. He's saying, you cannot escape your exile. You can't escape the Babylon that you've created any other way than by going through me. I am actually the way out of exile. I'm the way back into relationship with God. This is really significant. And then we see that Jesus' followers begin to recognize themselves as people living in exile who live differently in a world as they look forward to the day of returning home. So here's a, here's a key thing to understand, right? Is that you know, we begin to follow Jesus and, and the exile doesn't immediately end. What, what, what happens when we follow Jesus is now we have a way out. And we're called to live in a way that's faithful to him and obedient to him as he leads us out of exile, as we one day look forward to the complete and total end of exile back into his presence. And in that meantime, we're called to live Obediently, we're called to live in a way that looks like him, not like the exiled Babylonian world around us. We're called to bring other people into that same path, establish little communities of home here as we stand in hope and trust for God to 
uh, deliver us from exile and bring us back into his presence one day, which we know he will do. Look here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. It says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of wrongdoing, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So, I mean, you really can't get more blunt than what Peter's saying here in chapter 2, right? He's saying, listen, let me, let me just recognize you. you. As followers of Christ, you are now like foreigners and travelers in a strange land, right? This world where you were once part of the exile, you've been liberated, but you're still there. And so as you live in what is now really a foreign world to you, right? We live in such a way that's distinct from them. We live in such a way where we don't go back into the same sin and corruption. We actually distance ourselves from sin, from corruption, in order to lead people along with us out of the exile and back to following Jesus and going home to be in God's presence. So what does all this mean for us, right? As we think through these ideas, and I know these are some big ideas, but let me just unpack what this actually means for us right now in the 21st century. First, there's really a major paradigm shift that I want us to have. And that is that we need to recognize that we live in Babylon right now, right? This world is not our home. So when you read the Bible and you see the stories of Babylon and, and you, you see the contrast between God's people and Babylon and, and, and all, the, all the literal stories about that, all the figurative stories and metaphors that grow out of that, we're supposed to look at that story and we're supposed to realize, I'm in Babylon now. And as I continue to live in Babylon, waiting and hoping for this new home, there is a certain way in which I must live. I, I can't live like the other Babylonians. I don't belong here. I'm in exile. And too often, yeah, we're following Jesus, but we don't look any different from the rest of the people. And that's not right. <laughs> that's not how an exile lives. That's where we go back to what Peter is saying. Look, he says, listen, as temporary residents and foreigners keep away from worldly desires that do what? They wage war against your own soul, right? So this is a major perspective change that we have to have on how we interact with our culture. I mean, that's just a, there's so many implications of that, right? And, and, and I'm sure you, you can think for a few moments and unpack some of those ideas, right? There's so many implications to understanding I, I don't belong to this world anymore. I am in exile. I am in Babylon. And that changes the way that I interact with the world around me. I'm not leaving. I'm not running away. I, where am I going to go? I can't go anywhere. But I'm no longer going to live like this. I might live here, but I'm not going to live like this. Right? And so we have to be distinct from the world. That's what I'm getting at, right? We have to remove sinful and ungodly practices, beliefs, and values from our life. That's what I'm saying, okay? We have to interact with people around us as representatives of a better world, as representatives of God's kingdom. How can we possibly do that when we're doing all the same 
things that they're doing, when we're just as bad as all the people around them, right? We have to live distinct from the people. This, again, it connects back to so many things we've already talked about, holiness and God's presence and all these ideas, right? Uh, and it's really practical when we think about uh, our lives and our world in terms of Babylon and the exile. This is why this metaphor is used so heavily in Scripture, right? Uh, because this story of something that you know literally happened for the Jewish people several hundred years ago has now become a picture of the spiritual reality of all of our lives who follow Christ. And so we want to, again, we want to live in the world as people belonging to a better world. You know, our conduct is perhaps the most important aspect of the way that we share the good news about Jesus. And I want you to think about that for a minute. The way that you behave, uh, the way that you act, the way that you speak, the way that you treat people, the way that you establish values and priorities in your life is probably one of the most indispensable aspects of the way that you share the good news about Jesus. Look look here, this is Jesus talking. He's praying to his Father in, in John chapter 17, verse 21. He says, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. What's he talking about? He's saying, he's saying, listen, Father, my prayer for the people that you've given me, my prayer for these people that are following me, Jesus is saying, I pray that they would have a unity and a likeness like us, right? That they would live and they would look like, like, like us, not like the world around them. And, and Jesus makes such a simple and yet powerful statement, right? That when we live that way, when we are in unity with brothers and sisters in Christ, when we're in unity with the Lord, when we're walking in obedience and, and we're matching uh, his steps, right? But the effect of that is that the world around us, this exiled world around us, they will look at that and they'll believe the message of Jesus. And so this really brings in the focus on the reality that our conduct our behavior, so many things about the way that we just live life here in this world is, is a critical part of our message as we're sharing the good news of Jesus. So we have to keep these things in mind, okay? So I've got some questions for you to think about today. I know this is some heavy stuff, and in some ways it's kind of complex, but I want you to think about a couple of these questions today. The first one is, in what ways are you most often tempted to be like the world around you. All of us are tempted to be like the world around us. That's a commonplace. We all face a temptation. You know, but, but how often do we think about it? Do we think about maybe some less obvious ways? You may be thinking right now very quickly of some obvious ways in which you're tempting, but are there maybe some less obvious ways? Some ways you haven't thought about before, where maybe it's even more than just you're tempted to be like the world around you, you actually are like the world around you. So spend some time considering that question today. And the second one is, how would, you, how would your daily life be different if you lived as a diplomat from God, right? How would your daily life be different if you lived as a diplomat from God's kingdom into this world? 
And why am I using the word diplomat? Diplomat's an interesting word. I'm going to give you the definition right here. Diplomat is an official representing a country. A person who can deal with people in a sensitive and effective way. And that is really what we're called to be as followers of Jesus in exile. We're called to be people who are not only representing God's kingdom, but also people who represent God's kingdom well with good people skills and sensitivity and caring and the ability to communicate the most important message that anybody's ever heard, right? So all that being said, consider that question. How would your daily life be different if you lived as a diplomat from God's kingdom? Okay? Gang, I know this is some heavy stuff. Let's go ahead and pray. God, this is really such uh, a paradigm shift. Um, Lord, honestly, the world seems very often like the place where we belong. We, we don't know anything else, God. And yet your word shows us that we don't belong to this world anymore. And we're called to be distinct from this world. And, and in fact, we're, we're, it's like we're living in exile right now in the middle of Babylon as we're serving you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us just kind of unpack the implications of that in our lives. Uh, help us see the way in which we've been maybe compromising with the world around us. Maybe even ways that we've been taking values from the world that, that, that aren't even compatible with you, but we've been trying to make them compatible. We've been trying to follow you and live like the world around us. Uh, Lord, I know that there's some ways in my life and really all of our lives where we're doing that and maybe we don't even see it. So, Lord, I just pray this morning that, that you would um, just reveal those things to us. Help, help us see, Lord God, some ways in which we're really defiling ourselves in this world and we're not living as good representatives, as good diplomats of your kingdom. Lord God, God just give us that insight, give us that discernment and wisdom. Uh, Lord God, and I pray that you would empower us with the courage to live for you in the middle of this world that's not serving you. And in doing so, to lead other people in relationship with you so that they would come home to be in your presence with us, Lord God. And uh, we just uh, stand here and hope today, Lord God, we have the confident hope of your returning, your ending our exile and bringing us back into your presence for all time. And I just thank you for that, Lord God. And it just remains a firm hope uh, for our lives today. And I just, just thank you for all these good things and these blessings in our life, Lord. In your name, amen. All right. Well, we've, of course, also have some additional questions, you know, really throughout the week that you can ponder and consider and pray about. Um, and you can get those questions through email. If you go to our website, uh, hopevalley.church, uh, if you go all the way to the bottom, you'll see an option to subscribe to our emails. And, and we send out some questions throughout the week for you to just think about these topics a little more deeply and maybe uh, consider some different angles and, and pray about them. And we also post those questions on our Instagram and Facebook page. You can check them out there throughout the week as well. Uh, but hey, I just really hope that this time has been a blessing for you. Just appreciate you taking this time this morning. And uh, yeah, we just hope that, uh, we pray that God will continue to bless you. We love you. All right, well, bye-bye. We are so glad you've joined us today. 
To learn more about Hope Valley Church and get access to free resources, just go to www.hopevalley.church. Hope Valley is a church based in Winchester, Virginia that meets in homes around the region. So if you'd like to find out more about home churches, how they work, and how to locate one near you, just go to hopevalley.church house. Thanks again for joining us and may God bless you today.